The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Holy hell, I'm excited, kids. Welcome to another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Kevin Goatee, your old pals right here. Christian Finnegan is our guest this week. He was on Best Week Ever and Chappelle's show. He has chosen the 1980 classic Blues Brothers. Wow, this poster was on every college dorm room wall in the 90s and 2000s from I can remember how long. Joining me as co- joining me as co-host, my buddy AC Rowe. Remember him? He came on early on to do Wolf of Wall Street. Before we get to it, Please do me a small favor. Just follow us on the socials, Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on TikTok and Instagram, and of course, at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. And again, thanks for joining us every week for an hour of your time. It truly means the world to me. And without any further ado, here's Christian Finnegan trying to gut Blues Brothers. I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. A.C. Rowe, guest host, name that film. Is that? I just wanted to say it was Field of Dreams, but that's not right. I just <laughs> I just listened to your Field of Dreams this morning. Oh, thank you. Um, just, I mean, one, it was good, but two, getting ready uh, for tonight. I don't know. Our guest is Christian Finnegan. Do you want to venture a guest? I'm looking for a Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. Boy, uh, hmm. I... I want the, my first thought was Kentucky fried movie. Uh, I don't know. There's a scene at the end where the guy rents a video and his name is Ray, but, uh, and Andrew Dice Clay comes to the screen and starts threatening him. Uh, but I don't think it is Kentucky fried movie. So I'm going to have to say no, it is not Kentucky fried movie. I'm very surprised. I thought the answer was obvious with Ray Finkel. The answer is Ace Ventura. Oh, you that know, makes I've never sense. Seen that movie. What? How have you it's never crazy. seen that movie? You I know think. what? I, I must have. I must have when it first came out, but I don't. I mean, I remember Laces Out. I remember that that right. scene. Yeah. But that's like literally all I, all I remember. I had a weird anti-Jim Carrey thing. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'm anti-Jim Carrey now because he's not funny. I was very pro-Jim Carrey in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s, but then after that, it tailed off. Who gives a shit? Kevin Gautique, AC Road, joined by Christian Finnegan. Folks, thank you so much for coming on and joining us for another hour this week of Gutting the Sacred Cow. We hope you're enjoying such films where people hate, like There Will Be Blood and Stripes and the aforementioned Field of Dreams. Oh, yeah, and Blade Runner. Hope all those episodes have resonated with the cockles of your heartstrings or just nagged in your intestines. Who knows? Christian has graciously joined today to pick a film. I'm surprised that we are, goddamn, 150-ish episodes in. No one has tried to come after this one, and that is 1980s 
the Blues Brothers. A budget at the time of $30 million. A box office gross of $115.3 million. Now, turn that into 2022 money. Google did it for me. $108.9 million budget. $418.5 million gross. AC, that's a lot of scarolas, you folks that, in Arkansas. That, well, actually, I don't think we say scroll in Arkansas. I, <laughs> I, I, I think we say, what do you have in between the couch cushions? And now let's go to Walmarts. Wow. <laughs> Nailing all the, all the stereotypes in one concise sentence. I'm tumescent. Fantastic. So, yeah, made a lot of money in the first true SNL film. But let's talk. Let's see what everybody else thought. IMDb, as we all know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Christian, what do you think the Blues Brothers scored on the IMDb scale? Uh, is it what, a one out of ten? Like one, one out of ten? ten? Yeah, with decimal points. I'm going to guess pretty high because people love this movie, and uh, and I feel like the kind of people who would comment on it are the kind of people who like to make loving Blues Brothers part of their personality. Uh, so I am going to say 8.9. 8.9. AC Rowe, what do you think it scored? You know, I, I'm not here to beat up on the film. So oddly, I'm going to go lower than Christian, though. Uh, I, I really like it, but I'm going to say it's an 8.3. It is a 7.9. Wow. Oh, I'm feeling a little better about my opinion then. Well, let's see what those dastardly critics <laughs> and their elbow patches you know, NPR, PBS. Well, not PBS. Yeah, I'm right. PBS watching folks have to say the critics. Rotten Tomatoes score. AC Row is 1 through 100, as we all know. What do you think the critics gave the Blues Brothers? I'm going to say they gave it a 42. 42, meaning it's rotten. Bold move. Let's see. Christian Finnegan, what do you say? Now, these are contemporaneous critics, not like people like writing about it now, correct? They are. No, this is an aggregate of from day one to today. To today. Okay, well, then I'm going to guess higher then because I feel like uh, uh, I'm going to guess... 77 73 very close Ooh, i was good. way off yeah uh let's see christian what do you think the audience gave blues brothers like 9.2 92 so that's oh, 92. Yeah, 92. 92 yeah 92 ac row what about yourself i'm gonna say an 87 one of you is dead nuts on thus winning both showcases on the fabulous prices right and that person is christian finnegan 92 on the goddamn mail Zing. Mm -hmm. People love this film. They Quotes, do. the obvious, we're on a mission from God. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank, a half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark out and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And my favorite one, you get my cheese whiz, boy. And it wasn't even cheese whiz he gave him. No. AC Rowe, any quotes jump out at you? Uh... <laughs> there are no quotes that jump out at me on it. Um, you know, for me more, it's the, the random people that you see throughout that, that you're like, wait a minute, was that uncle Phil from, uh, from Fresh Prince, from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> he, he was the dancer. I, I watched this again this morning. I he, didn't see that he, shit. He, I wish he, I knew he, that. He's the dancer in front of Ray Charles's, uh, his music store. Really? Uh, and, and so like, uh, again, it's fresh. I, I watched part of it last night again this morning and yeah, it's, and he's listed on IMDB as the guy dancing in front of the store. Um, as is Mr. T as, as somebody in the street, but I didn't, what? I've never, I've never seen Mr. T, but according to IMDB, Mr. T is an uncredited man on the street. Mother At the time he was Mr. He, he was known as Mr. Lowercase T. He was not, <laughs> there you go. Not fully. 
Christian, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, the end. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know the, you know, obviously, we got to run a mission from God, which they say, I think, 409 times through the course of the movie. Um, I know the, uh, uh, we know, but we play both kinds of music. We allow both kinds of music, country and Western. That's, a, I do like that quote. Yeah. Um, and those are the, I guess those are the two that sort of jump out at me. I forgot the country western part. I wrote it down, but I forgot to say it. And as soon as you were done, I was going to say it. So good on you. Now, five fun facts. Quote, I really didn't know how to write movies, Ackroyd confessed in the Belushi book. I don't think I'd ever seen a screenplay. His first attempt at the Blues Brothers script was a 324-page monster, more than double the size of his typical movie. It was delivered to me wrapped in the cover of the San Fernando Valley Yellow Pages because it was as big as a phone book, recalled producer Bob Weiss. Dan had tried to take a little bit of the sting out of it with a little bit of humor. 324. It's a lot. It's a lot. Considering 40% of the movie is car chases. Well, but that's one of the things that's wonderful about the film. I mean, not not to jump too deep into that, it kind of felt like it was his nod to making fun of everybody in every 80s movie and every 70s movie by making every scene a car chase and by making all the car chases so ridiculously big. That's where some of the comedy of it comes from. Number two, even though Paul Schaefer was the keyboardist for their SNL sets and had put together the group for the Martin shows, he was unable to be in the movie due to his commitment at SNL. Instead, Murphy Dunn was recruited as the band leader for the Blues Brothers. Belushi sent a memo to everyone involved, said Schaefer is out. He will never be a Blues Brother. However, they patched things up with Schaefer taking part in tour on support of the film. Wow. Did not know Paul Schaefer had anything to do with this film. I'm I, still- he, I, he would have been a welcome presence in it, I think. I'm still not certain he's not a Muppet. Like, I'm not certain yeah. that he has legs. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, if Crank Yankers now were to make a puppet of Elton John, that's him. That's pretty close. <laughs> Thank you. Number three, throughout the movie, Carrie Fisher, whose name, whose character's name is not revealed, attempts to kill the brothers, and later we learn that Jake had left her at the altar. But in real life, she was dating Dan Aykroyd as they were filming and were soon engaged. It didn't last long. She returned to her previous boyfriend, Paul Simon, and the two were married from 83 to 84 at Paul Simon's memorial service. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, uh, Carrie Fisher's memorial service in 2017, Ackroyd revealed that he'd save her, he saved her life by applying the Heimlich maneuver when she was choking on a Brussels sprout. That's why I don't eat Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> too dangerous. Yeah. Too, da- too perilous. It's an OSHA hazard. Number four, the budget for Blues Brothers was originally $17.5 million, but ballooned up to $27.5 million because, and I made a joke in this in my notes, Belushi's growing cocaine use caused production to stall. At one point, Landis went to the star's empty trailer, found a mound of coke on a table, and started flushing it down the toilet before Belushi walked in. Knowing they could not replace him, the studio decided to simply deal with it. We had a budget in the movie for cocaine night shoots, Aykroyd said in Vanity Fair, but Landis downplayed it in Belushi, saying they only lost four or five days in the six-month shoot due to drugs. I think we should triple that number. How about you folks? (laughs) Yeah, that that yeah. I mean, what, what what's percentage increase on that? Uh, almost double. So I would say double or triple. Yeah, yeah. I look at the budget. Yeah, I think for easily two weeks. Number five, when released in 1980, the Blues Brothers set the record 
with 104 cars destroyed, beating 1974's Gone in 60 Seconds by 11. The mark stood in place until 1982's The Junk Man, which totaled 150. As of 2020, it sits in eighth place with, I'm not even going to try to let you guys guess, Transformers 3 being responsible <laughs> for the destruction of 532 cars. Blues Brothers 2000, seen by no one, eclipsed, this eclipsed, eclipsed its predecessor by one, destroying 105 cars. I saw Blues Brothers 2000 in the theater, and that may, that may be a reason why I dislike the original so much, is because I don't even remember if I had seen the original, but my friend really wanted to see Blues Brothers 2000, and so it was one of those days where it's like, you just go to the movie theater, we're just going to see something. And I have, I will say, I think it is, all things considered, considering the legacy and the talent involved and all that, the single worst major motion picture of the modern era. I would Barnum. say Cat. I would say Caddyshack too has that distinct honor. But okay, yeah, it would be it would be a tough. And uh, Dan Aykroyd, they both have Dan Aykroyd in common. So I smell a theme. <laughs> Let's go to the audience and see what they want us to ask Christian Finnegan in Ask a Gutter. At Namorovsky, bold move after going after, sorry, bold move going after a such a beloved classic since Bill Schultz is probably fuming over your choice. Let's see if we can't send him and everyone from Chicago over the edge. Should Chicagoan style deep dish be even considered as pizza? I think it, I, I suppose so. I mean, you know, I have a very loose definition of pizza, I suppose. If it's bread and cheese and sauce, I guess you call that pizza. Uh, I mean, I, I would call it something different in the same way that a McDonald's hamburger is not the same thing as a deli hamburger, but they're both hamburgers. You know what I mean? That Like, Chicago deep dish, I, I don't honestly totally get the appeal. I mean, I it's fine, but the amount of labor, like, they take so long to cook and... Uh, I personally, just having been in New York for whatever, I prefer New York style pizza, but I understand that people have a lot of emotions riding on this. And uh, if you love Chicago deep dish pizza, I will not say that you're wrong. I'll just imply it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, casseroles are served in a big, ugly green bowl. All right. That's the only thing missing from a Chicago pizza, in my <laughs> opinion. I mean, I remember the first time I got an Uno's pizza when I was a kid. They had an Uno's in Harvard Square in Massachusetts where I grew up. And, uh, and it was, it, it felt like a, a new chapter of my life had begun. Like it was, it, it, there was a time when deep dish pizza was a brand new thing and it was like somebody had invented a new color or something. And it was, it made a big, made a big impact on, on my childhood. So I get the appeal. Chapter seven, swallowing a brick covered in marinara and cheese. <laughs> Next question at Christian, uh, sorry, at the STSD podcast, the fellows who do our fantastic artwork. Christian, what cratered harder, the Illinois Nazi or Elon's attempt to buy Twitter? Oh, boy. Well, uh, I, I, I mean, that's not really a question so much as a joke in the form of a question. Sure. Uh, a comedian's favorite question to get, uh, basically. Yeah. You know how it is when somebody sure. tells you a joke in the form of a question, and they basically just want you to be like, ha-ha, you're hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and then you say, stop workshopping your jokes on me, asshole. It's not the yes, time. Yes, please do not. It's the same thing as like when somebody tries to use a bit, like turn a bit into conversation with you and you're like i know what you're doing right now right hey what's up with the what's up with sporks you ever know stop acting like this is an organic conversation you cornball you your jedi mind tricks don't work on me boy yes uh next question for you sir is is blues brothers a worst buddy comedy or comedy movie in general and what's your idea of a good buddy comedy 
at Brandon Oglesby well, Newark Knight. I mean, if you are going to call a buddy comedy, I think generally the best buddy comedies work when the buddies are different in some discernible way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they're not basically trying to do the exact same thing. So, I mean, you think of something like Midnight Run or, mm -hmm. you know, e even ones even ones where they're not rivals. You know, like obviously Midnight Run, they're, they're antagonists to each other. But even something like, I mean, I don't know why this is the one I'm picking out of my head. Uh, Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory, Gregory Hines. Hines. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my head. But, you know... you. You like your buddy comedies. You like your buddies to complement each other in some way, and not just sort of be the same mute person. Um, but, but, but so you know. But to me, that that that's where some of the beauty of that. You've got two straight men in the show, uh, and they still make comedy work with two straight men. I I I understand that intellectually. I just don't find it funny. <laughs> like like, but I get what you're saying, and I I'm not I'm not dismissing that. Like it is definitely a different spin on what a traditional quote unquote buddy comedy. But to me, it's just the comedy. It's all theoretical to me. Like I nothing in it makes me laugh out loud. I would say the millennial version answer to that question would be Rush Hour. But the Gen X and me, which I am, would say Lethal Weapon too. Martin yeah, Riggs. I mean, you want them to get on each other's nerves. I mean, that's where the, the, the you know, if you're going to be in that sort of strict genre. Yeah. You know, and may, maybe Blues Brothers doesn't belong in that genre. Maybe it, maybe it's a different thing, uh, like AC was saying. But, um, but yeah, I, I think if you're, if you're judging it in terms of a buddy comedy, I want my buddies to be different. <laughs> At Behind the Rant, David, the producer, has appeared in this podcast many times. To his, to, uh, his film credits, he's tried to assail... The Goonies, Dirty Dancing, Pirates of the Caribbean, and most recently, Back to the Future. So I leave you with and Stripes. Which, so I, I tell you that for a reason, because David, the producer, asked you, my question is, who hurt you, Christian Finnegan, as a child? Blues Brothers is a classic. You have lost your Chicago privileges, sir. Yeah, and I think I replied that, you know, mm -hmm. I've had some, I've had a lot of fun times in Chicago. Uh, I've had done some great shows there. Uh, met some nice people, and if this is the end of the run with me in Chicago, I, I, I'm willing to, I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm starting to winnow the places where I'll visit again, and so if Chicago doesn't make the cut, then I guess I'll just have to, guess have to survive. Every other show on TV seems to be about Chicago, so I feel like it'll never be far from my heart. Well, it sounds like he brought a knife, and you brought a gun. That's the Chicago way. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. That's and that wraps up for Ask Adventures and Babies Getting. <laughs> that wraps it up for Ask a Gutter. Well, AC, I think it's time we let Christian get out here and, and, and attack this absolute beloved cowboy. People were very angry when I announced that he was mm -hmm. going to take this down. So, no need in delaying the man what he was here to come to do, and that is Guts the uh, Sacred. sacred Cow. cow i love zoom and it's all of its delays <laughs> uh well okay you know it's funny because i used to be on best week ever uh, a thousand years ago and all we would do is make fun of things and in my recent life i have tried my best to not be as negative and to try to spend more time praising the things i like as opposed to talking shit about the things i don't like so i will just say a few things about blues brothers that i do think are great a lot of the performances are great uh the james brown performance is great the uh the the dance sequence outside ray charles like that big i wish there was more of that in the movie that sort of vibrant life like some of the things i don't 
I don't like about the movie is it the sort of deadpan quality. I wish there was a little bit more uh, vibrancy to it. Uh, I like that scene. I just a a moment that I genuinely thought was funny is uh, when the 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 cowboy band is chasing them in the RV, and mm-hmm. I think it's Buck Owens who's driving, and the other members of the band are up in the top of the RV, sort of looking out the front window. Like that's just a, a funny visual. Um, all right, now I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do I do like the uh, I do like a lot of the performances, and obviously it's great that people like you know Duck Dunn and. Uh, Steve Cropper are getting attention. I'm a, a music dork, so I'm always happy to see musicians getting attention. But some of that starts to feel like uh, stolen valor to me. Uh, that is this just a grand excuse for John Belushi to show off that he can sing? Like I, I it rub, it always rubs me a little wrong when actors try to work in their other talents somehow. Uh, in in it like. The way that like Gregory Hines would tap dance in every movie, <laughs> like okay, we get it, or that like all of a sudden on Wayne's World, uh, Garth had to be a great drummer just because Dana Carvey could drum, and so they had to sort of work that in. And uh, I just, I, I wonder how much of this started as just a hey, we want to play music, but we're comedians, so we have to sort of make a comic premise around it but really what we want to do is just be in a band i mean they say that all comedians want to be musicians and all musicians want to be comedians and i do think that there's some truth to that um and i just uh i let's i'll just run down my list they're not in any particular order i think that blues brothers is the origin of the awful trend in culture of dudes thinking they look cool in fedoras one hundred percent absolutely and and i understand there's probably a lot of people out there being like it's not a fedora it's a trilby uh which okay there's a difference (laughs) whatever you want but this idea of just that like a hat and sunglasses are cool is such a dumb suburban white guy sort of attitude because it requires nothing like I, all I have to do is just be my dumb, vacant, blank self, but put on sunglasses and hat, and then somehow by osmosis I come across as cool. And that's a, a an attitude that I, I've always been annoyed by. And I think Blues Brothers is where Blues Brothers is where it started. Uh, I think a lot of the comedy in Blues Brothers reminds me of like when the jock in your high school would do a sketch at the talent show. Um, like it, it has that feeling of like, yeah, man, you were awesome up there. You were hilarious. But it's just this really awkward sketch acting. Like for, for people who are comedians, I found the, the actual the sketch acting to be very uh, sort of herky-jerky and stunted. Like the whole tone of the movie, for a movie that has music almost the entire way through, the actual comedic scenes, like the scene in the restaurant where he leans over and starts uh, saying to the, like, give me your daughter, send me your daughter. It, it felt very first take to me. It felt very, <laughs> I, it just felt like funny guy in the office uh, to me, not the office, the TV show, like your actual place of work. Uh, the kind of guy who wears funny ties, like he would think it was funny. Um, I will say, uh, and this is just a personal thing and, and I'm sure he's a wonderful man and he's, he's had quite a career for himself, but I think Dan Aykroyd is the ultimate example of right place, right time <laughs> that, I'm not sure. I think that a lot of his early success or the sort of uh, maths idea that he was funny was just based on the fact that nobody had ever seen someone do cocaine before. Uh, And so that sort of high energy 
sort of uh what's the the um the sketch where he puts all the stuff in the blender the blendomatic or whatever it's called yeah yeah uh that sort of cokehead energy i feel like maybe people hadn't were unfamiliar with that and it seemed groundbreaking at the time and i kind of I'll, i i'm if i'm going to be sacrilegious i'll be fully sacrilegious i feel the same way about john belushi honestly i have not seen a lot of there's a f- bunch of really respected john belushi movies that i've not seen i don't think i've ever seen neighbors uh and there's a couple others but every time like when people talk about you know john belushi he was so great on snl I'm like what exactly is cheeseburger cheeseburger is is that is that what we're calling hilarious? I, I just, I don't see it. I, and again, comedy is subjective, but there seems to be this idea that, that everyone, and it's always dudes. Like, I don't know any women who like this movie, first of all. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but I don't know any women who are like willing to plant the flag and be like, this movie is a genius piece of I, cinema. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. I couldn't agree with you more in the sense that no, it's please. a dude's film because I... I grew. I, I went to college. I graduated college in 1999. This Fight Club, um, no, it's two of his stepbrothers. But these two posters, Fight Club, this one, and I'm, I'm blank on a few. Pulp Fiction, but I, I love Pulp Fiction. But Blues yeah. Brothers and Fight Club were two po- Gladiator. Well, that's a little bit after me. But Fight Club and this film were staples in every dude's dorm room post. Everyone had a Blues Brothers, not me, poster in their dorm room. So I could not agree. And I've never saw one in a in a, in a ladies' dorm room. But you're 100 yeah. right. No, no women are out here going. You know, it's uh, it's it's dark outside. We're wearing sunglasses. It's 106 miles to Chicago and uh, hit it. You know that that nonsense. No one's. You're 100. I, right. I just don't like. All right, you you've broken the fourth wall essentially and made a joke about wearing sunglasses at night. Like, I, to me, that undercuts the joke a little bit. Do, do you right. know what I mean? That it's like you're 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 hanging a lantern on it, as they say. Um, yeah, I mean, I. You know, the Carrie Fisher uh, runner, the subplot, through, you know, through the movie. First of all, she has never looked more adorable. And I don't mean to just reduce her to that. But in terms of just a woman looking great, she's probably the movie where she looks the greatest. And uh, but even that, like, just from a pure comedy structure, I'm not trying to act like I'm some I've never had a screenplay produced. So I'm who the, who the fuck am I? But, you know, the first time we meet her she's shooting a bazooka at them like there's no build there you've already started at bazooka do you know what i mean that it's like it feels like the first time it should be like a gun and then the next time it should be a grenade you you know what i mean like there's no so by the time she actually like corners them in the the gutter or whenever when she's uh when she has the machine gun it I don't know. It, it just doesn't. It sh- to me, it to me, the sort of rules of comedy say that the the methods she uses to attack them should get bigger and bigger, and those scenes to me are so badly staged to almost the point where I, maybe it's intentional, but just like when she fires the rocket launcher into the 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 hotel, and then it cuts to them just standing there with like a brick on top of them, like some crappy foam rubber piece of uh, like cement. It, right. It just it all feels very like student film edited to me, which is crazy because, you know, I mean, Animal House, I don't I wouldn't say that like I think Animal House is the greatest movie in the world, but I do enjoy it. And Trading Places is like a movie that meant a lot to me as a kid. And so, you know, I was talking crap about Dan Aykroyd. I mean, I, I love Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places, but again, maybe that because I saw it at that particular age and Eddie Murphy was the king of everything back then. But um, I don't know. To, to, to me, the movie just feels very halting and awkward 
in a way that doesn't feel intentional. It just feels like bad filmmaking to me. Yeah, she went, she ate dessert first and went backwards. And the third weapon was, you know, her appetizer, I felt. Well, yeah. but, but with that, we've we've all had the, the crazy ex-girlfriend who goes from zero to a million and would start out with that, right? But then it works backwards in my mind, she finally forgives him with the machine gun, which is the lethal is all, but like the least lethal of everything that she's using, her defenses are wearing down throughout that. Um, and yeah, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, potentially, I don't know if they did it on purpose or it just happened to be what they had right then. I do agree that it's, it, it's, you know, the editing is, is a little weird, but I, I think it's intentional. I, I think they're playing on the fact that that's not the important thing to them. The important thing to one of your points was making a film with their friends and hanging out. And that's the reason his fiance is in there. I, I agree that it feels, it feels much more like an excuse like the movie feels like almost something they have to get out of the way so they can do the things they want to do, which is to do coke and play with play with their band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like and I mean, this is a much better film than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But Kevin Smith didn't want to make that film. They told him they said, look, we'll give you money. Do what you want. And he said, I want to hang out with my friends. Check. He did that. I always wanted to meet Luke Skywalker. He did that. I always wanted to have the opportunity to have uh, a monkey in a movie. He did that. And um, I want to make out with pretty girls. He did that. Well, you kind of do the same thing here. You want to hang out with cool musicians. You want to hang out with your friends. You got your girlfriend in there. You got Frank Oz in the movie. Um, and <laughs> just to tell you, Frank Oz is the uh, is one of the He's the, the, the prison the, 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 the prison guy. guy yeah. yeah. It's funny. You, it's just you. You went down that route. I was cracking up. It's when you said about people you know, grabbing their friends and making movies. The one and and you gave both great examples of that. The one guy who did that but really fucked up and didn't have that kind of reasoning for doing it was Adam Sandler in Grown Ups. He had all of his buddies in one yeah. film, but he wasn't making out with hot chicks or doing cool shit or meeting celebrities <laughs> like Mark Hamill. It's like, hey, we're just gonna shoot us all in a water park. It's me, Chris Rock, Schneider, and so on and so forth. You know? Do you do you know why they did that film? To make a lot of money. What they saw the hangover and oh, they're yeah. like, wait a minute, comedy's passing us by. We have to do something. Um, at least according to a Sandler hmm. interview I heard. But he's like, We had to get everybody back together and do something or all our friends together. And that was their attempt to stay relevant. I need friends like that. <laughs> Christian, what other points you have? Uh let's oh sweet, whoopsie. Sorry. I was so angry about the movie I dropped my phone. <laughs> um we all made fun of Jeremy Renner when he put out his embarrassing album and single a couple of years ago. Uh, Main Attraction, I believe it was called. Uh, which, which, which is worse, his or Russell Crowe's six foot out of grunt? Six, yeah, six foot out of grunt. Uh, grunt, yeah, whatever, yard of grunt, whatever it was called. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying it like if you look, and I'm, this, I may be repeating myself slightly, is John Belushi doing anything different than Don Johnson singing heartbeat or, you know what I mean? Like just because we're putting a sort of comedy bow on it, isn't it really just about like, Oh wow. John Belushi's a good singer. Like, and, uh, that I'm not a fan of. Um, I already said that. I already said that, uh, the, the, the scene, the Belushi apology scene with Carrie Fisher in the alleyway, I, I think is, just bad uh kind of what i was talking about but that sort of uh jock at the talent show acting where you know he's completely stoic and then he just starts screaming that monologue 
I, I don't know. I just when I watch it, I all I think of is like a bunch of sort of. Uh, sort of popular dudes hangers on being like oh dude you were so funny you were so funny up there dude <laughs> the yes men I, yeah i that's that may be a me thing uh this is also probably a me thing of of all of the varieties of blues i i found i find chicago blues the least appealing uh just and again it may be because of blues brothers like when i think of like delta blues i think of sort of something kind of spiritual and dark and you know deals with the devil and robert johnson and 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 stuff like that when i think of chicago blues i think of just some corny band playing at a restaurant like i i think of uh you know play. i think of house of blues and i think of like mozzarella sticks and play in sweet home <laughs> chicago yeah yeah uh there was a there was a club i used to play or, you know, the, potentially still play uh, in St. Louis. We're next door to the club. They have a, a blues band. And it was just like the kind of guys who you'd, you'd imagine playing in sort of a suburban St. Louis blues band, just a bunch of sort of dudes in their 50s and one woman who sings three songs and she looks like she's smoked about four packs of cigarettes that day. And, uh, and they just, it's just the, th you know, it's variations on the thrill is gone for an hour and a half. And, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's, it, it ain't my thing. As can I, say. can I safely assume all the guys were wearing soul patches right there on the chin? Sure. Soul patches and, or no offense, AZ, uh, goatees as well. Or you don't have a, you have a full beard, don't you? I, I oh, okay, do. Good. It's Thank just, it, it, it's all white. Yes. Starting no, to you're look right. like Santa Claus. But yeah, a lot of goatees, uh, soul patches, uh, a lot of um, berets. <laughs> yeah, definitely a beret. Maybe one guy who's still kind of wearing like not necessarily a puka shell necklace, but like one of those dark string necklaces with like a metal pendant, like like a choker almost. Oh, like he went to American Eagle at the mall nearby. And yeah, like, I, yeah. I, gotta, I got up my neck, neck my, my necklace game. <laughs> right, right. Maybe some jeans with some stitching on the back pockets. Um, it's it's the uh, Jeff Probst from Survivor collection, I believe. Yes, yes, that's their style guru. Like that's what <laughs> yeah. they're going for. But it's that. But a guy who is a middle manager at a company that sells pool equipment, but <laughs> who aspires to a Jeff Probst lifestyle. Um, oh, the tribe has spoken on this fucking stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> and and I will say that Chicago accents are not in and of themselves hilarious. I, I get it's a funny accent. It's a funny accent to imitate, but you know, uh, just saying I'm, we're on a mission from Gad. It, it's it's amusing, but the amount of times I've just like you know I watched a a, a video on YouTube of uh, you know those reaction videos you can watch of people, and these people were watching Blues Brothers, and every time he said we're on a mission from Gad, this this guy was just <laughs> and I, I I'm just oh. baffled. I'm baffled at what is funny about it, but. You know, he also sounds like the type of guy who would who would laugh at every time someone said, "Well, that's what she said." Kinda, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, it's the Michael <laughs> but, Scott sort of yeah. type. Well, but but he says it so much, it gets to be the equivalent of the Peter Griffin owl. Uh, yeah. When they're not going to say it anymore, they keep saying it, and the minute you start to see that that's funny, then every time you do, it grows because you're like, "There's no way they're going to do it again." Yeah, I will. I will. I will take your word for that. I uh, uh, <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean to be a jerk. I, I just like yeah. It just for me. It just like oh, he said it again. Um, I think that pretty much. I think I've kind of gone through all my notes at this. You did point. it. Yeah, uh, that's good. There are any other specific points? I can happy to no, address them. No, no, no. You've you've done a, an admirable job, sir. Give me a number one to ten on your thoughts of the Blues Brothers. 
for the performances and uh, I love all I'm happy whenever there's a movie that takes music seriously and gives it respect so I'll say a three I'll give it a four give it a four don't, give it a four. No, don't, no, stand don't, by your three don't let a re- well, exactly don't, don't, let a re- don't let reactions change your score that's just well I'm, but I'm saying but it's like you know I love the James James Brown performance, and again, these are a lot of the musicians who are featured in the movie were in sort of career downturns at the time, and I'm sure that that movie was just immensely helpful to James Brown in terms of getting him back in the public consciousness, and also Aretha Franklin and and Ray Charles, and so based on that alone, I feel like that raises the three to a four. You mean you're giving him another bump because they got a SAG check in the process? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, pension and healthcare, man. Pension <laughs> yeah. and healthcare. AC, why don't you give your notes? Well, you know, for for me, I think Christian made a lot of really good points, and I, I don't think um, that any of them are are egregious or you know too far out there. And I didn't think you were being a jerk already you know, knew you were a jerk. You had to be to come on the show to decide you wanted to, to destroy people's illusions. Cause what if you were successful and nobody ever watched the blues brothers again after this? Uh, but no, for, for me though, I've watched lids would go out of business. <laughs> Does lids sell though? What, what, what did you call? There's usually hats? one. There's usually like one rack of crappy trilbies uh, at lids, like by the register. It's mostly like baseball with- hats, but but, but like yeah. with dust and stuff all over them or well it's for like the the sort of pudgy junior high kid who uh you know is not quite outgoing enough to be a larper uh but still wants to uh <laughs> you know there's a there's a ducky in every school and that's who they cater to yeah like, like and they wearing think, the like, bowling shirt this hat will do the do the work for me of having personality right it's the one guy trying to bring back swing like and swingers like you know big bag voodoo daddy that swing yeah. movement we don't need that to come back i'm glad that died a second death thank you very much <laughs> The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, so for for me watching the movie again last night and this morning, um, I didn't watch it twice. It's just it is long. Um, it, was, it was different than when I was 12, uh, when I first watched it and thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But some things I found in it this time were. Is it a buddy comedy? I don't know. But is does it tell you that belushi's number one love is making music in the band he gives everything to do it to come back around and he's whole again even though he's back in prison with his brother and and making music um i love all the musical appearances i i you know the the 
the John Lee Hooker bit in there, I mean, boom, boom, when they remade it, I don't like Blues Brothers 2000, but when they remade that with Big Head Todd and the Monsters in 1998, I, I that, that's one of my favorite versions of that song. I agree with you about Delta Blues um, and Chicago Blues are a little hokey. I hope they don't revoke my Chicago card, but I can live without eating casserole um, that they call pizza, <laughs> uh, but I would miss Italian beef and uh, Portillo's hot dogs. Um, I like the fact that you know it's really easy to look at it now and say there are other films that were like it it reminds me of because i found myself guilty of doing that but realizing people hadn't seen things like this necessarily before in the movie they hadn't seen the coked out dan Aykroyd. um they hadn't seen the the we're going to throw all convention aside two straight men we're going to call it a comedy we're going to spend all of this money and break the record for car chases and i really do think that that was it it feels like you're in on a little bit of an inside joke with them. And that to me keeps me watching. I do think using all the cars wasn't intentional. I mean, it was intentional, but it wasn't intentional in the fact that they're like, oh, we need a car to make this scene look like it's a real car chase. It's like, how ridiculous can we be and still get away with it? Yeah, you know, I, I will just jump in. I will agree with that, that you can definitely tell that it's more of a joke on the studio than it is meant to be like a dramatic thing. Like, like how absurd, how how destructive can we be? How long can we keep the destruction going? And just the overkill is kind of the comedy. Um, mm. I, I do remember there is one other thing that I thought was genuinely funny that I remember is the the SWAT team. The, hey, 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 oh, hey, yeah. Hey. yeah. That 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 running bit of them, you know, uh, surrounding them in the Bursar's office or whatever was I thought was very funny. See, I thought that fell right into the Peter Griffin comment you did before was all with the, the same as the uh, we're in a mission for God. It was cute for the first five for me, five, ten seconds. And after that, mm -hmm. I go, we fucking get it. Let's move on. <laughs> And, and, and I mean, I, I do get that. And I get, you know, I get to a certain point with the Peter Griffin bit where I'm, I'm completely turned off. I'm like, stop it. And then I start laughing again. Uh, and I do find myself doing that, uh, you know, with, with, with Blues Brothers. I like the fact that it was, it, it was there, you know, kind of sticking it to the studio, I, I think. Um, how much can we get away with? Let's bring in another car. They're not going to let us bring in another car. Holy crap, we've got another car here. How many times can we Dukes a Hazard jump the car? Um, you know, what What can we do ridiculous to include all of the stereotypes? I mean, the Nazi stereotype was, I mean, a, a lot of fun over the top. The country and Western bar, um, you know, Chicago does get redneck really quick. And I know this was coming off the backs of, of urban cowboy. That feels a lot more to me like a West Texas kind of country bar uh, than you would have found in Chicago at the time. And I think that that was part of their joke is we're going. I, I don't know. They were running the chicken wire circuit up there uh, in, in country and Western bars and, and, and trucking people, you know, trucking people who carry ax handles in from Nashville, which made it funny. The fact that all of those guys are standing there with an ax handle, the, the, the enormous amount of cops, the John candy that doesn't fit, but it fits because it doesn't really fit into it. Uh, to me, all really kind of played into, um, this is our inside joke and we're going to let you in on it. I have one very unfair comment. Uh, I feel like, and this may be just my perception, a lot of the dudes who, ironically, a lot of the dudes who most worship Blues Brothers uh, would probably nowadays sympathize more with the Nazis. 
<laughs> oh wow! And they're all wearing Ryan Sandberg jerseys while doing. They're so. all watching Ben Shapiro videos all day. And uh, sorry, it's a little personal bugaboo of mine. Well, look, look, I mean, you you can have a bugaboo about Shapiro. I, I don't know that you're wrong. I can say that's not right for me. I don't worship. I, I, no, I'm yeah, joking. I know, I, I, yeah. I'm just yeah. It's just to me. It always feels like a lot of the dudes who love this movie are the kind of guys who are like debate me. It's a lot of debate me dudes who love well, Blues Brothers. <laughs> and I mean, I would give you a lot of people that say they love it or embarrassed to to say they might not have ever actually watched it or don't remember <laughs> watching it because it's become such a cultural right. staple and an icon. They've got they've got statues made that somebody buys i guess because I, I mean in my life i've seen them outside thrift stores after somebody gave them away somebody said but, I mean, <laughs> it, it was a cultural enough icon that you know the, the the poster was in every dorm room like you're talking about and it that, made it, it was like the easiest halloween costume in the world yes <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, th I think that's an underrated part of it is all through the 80s is like oh god halloween's tomorrow what can i throw together well and because so much of its music and that's one of the reasons there aren't a ton of quotes that stand out to me. You know, I mean, you, you, you hit them all at the top, Kevin. Um, mm -hmm. But we're on a mission from God. That's all you got to know to say to be part of it. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that 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 takes away from, you know, what I, I really enjoyed the movie, even though I did fall asleep last night. <laughs> so you really didn't No, I it was late. I'd been at the lake all weekend. I see. Um but no, uh, Christian, I think everything that you said is is is, is a fair analysis. Uh, I I would wonder if you had never seen Blues Brothers 2001st and went went back and watched it or if you yeah, had you're seen right. it earlier it's in life, you know, a what, real what sliding door situation here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that reference. Uh AC, give me number 1 to 10 on what you think about the Blues Brothers. Uh, you know, I, I don't give stuff uh, numbers very high very often. Uh, so to me, like a six and a half or a seven is a really good number. I'd put this at like a 6.7. Wow. What did you give Wolf of Wall Street when you came on to try and gut that? I, I didn't try to gut it. I successfully gutted one of the worst films made in the history of the world. Right. We can revisit that or you can go back and listen to, I think it's episode eight of Gutting the Sacred Cow. It's early, yeah. I, I very eloquently destroyed <laughs> that movie. Um, I think I gave it a two or a three. Okay. I'm just trying to see what the uh, the delta is here. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can go on there and find some sweet-ass merch, T-shirts, hats, bags, mugs, you name it, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or just to drop by and say hi. And do not forget, leave a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. And thanks, most importantly, for giving us an hour and change of your week, of an hour every week, every week. I appreciate that. Notes. The nice sweeping aerial shots of the prison landscape made me forget just for a few minutes that vicious anal rape occurs on a daily basis there. It occurs as often as Jim Belushi, John Belushi did coke and Jim Belushi makes bad movies. Okay. Nine minutes in and it's our first, that doesn't happen, the drawbridge. It is way too steep of an angle for them the Dukes of Hazard that fucker. That doesn't happen. I got a C minus in geometry, but I knew that much you cannot jump a bridge when it is at a, when is at a right angle. No. I have a question for the audience. I need answers. Are nuns still whacking kids in Catholic school these days? I need confirmation. My guess is no, but I'm sure there's a few sneakers out there that still give the kids a few uh, wallops here and there. 
If dumb people are going to finance megachurches, finance a black one because they're obviously a lot more fun than white ones. Especially if they can take that money and get a James Brown hologram singing and dancing. That church gave me a, almost a panic attack this morning. It looks just like the one I married my ex-wife in oh. in Illinois. It was absolutely like I started watching it and started itching just a little bit. Did you start <laughs> writing alimony checks out in absentia? Yeah, I, I was I was very fortunate that I didn't have to pay any alimony checks, but oh. I wish I had gotten some. When How many the, cartwheels did you do uh, <laughs> when, when I got divorced? Seven. <laughs> When those two dorks make their way into that black church, I would expect the same scene and reaction in Animal House when the Deltas go in the black bar and you hear one big record scratch and then, do you mind if we dance with the old dates? Why does every movie have to wet down the streets for night shoots? It makes it, it more interesting. It makes I, it more fun. It's almost like it stereotypical those... now. It's, uh, oh, I, no, I think I think it is. And I think it's uh, it just I think it's like a cinematographer's thing like that. They, they don't care about whether it feels hack or not. They just all they know is they look through the camera and it looks nicer when the streets are shiny. Yeah, it, it's it gives background actors wet pay for the day. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if at night it actually helps uh, with perspective and being able to see like if you're doing night shots in terms of just adding definition to certain things so you can see where like the road meets the you know sidewalk and stuff i i wouldn't be surprised if i had something some technical reason that's a perfectly good logical explanation and i will definitely agree with that if that is the case if we can get a cinematographer to clarify but i like your explanation nonetheless christian driving a car through the mall is a genius idea we need way more of although finding a mall today that doesn't resemble anything from i am legend will be quite the task in today's climate so sad kids today they don't know what it's they like. have no they idea like saturday night let's go to the mall they don't get it to attempt to pick up women as well as waste eight dollars and quarters in video arcades which back in the day would last you a good 30 to 45 minutes that was that was our tiktok wasn't it oh i can still smell those arcades that the, the, the mm -hmm. recycled oxygen and it smells like heaven anytime you have a spy hunter theme in a movie is an automatic half a point increase for me I don't know how, I don't know if you can rapid fire a rocket launcher. Just kidding. I know you can't because I play Call of Duty and Carrie Fisher sure as shit can't fire six rockets in a row at about 30 seconds as she did in this film. Chris, you made a great point of the showcasing. This film, I wrote this down, it felt like the original Ocean's Eleven, which is an absolute slog waste of time. All it is for them is a showcase for them to sing throughout the goddamn movie. Sammy Davis Jr., EO, EO, is going on through the entire time. Do not watch original Ocean's Eleven. This is one of the films that deservedly got a reboot. You know, watching this and I saw Carrie Fisher, I go, I wonder if she's going to Star Wars this film as well by having an English accent in the first 10 minutes of the film and then inexplicably dropping it for the rest. Does she have more than five lines actual like lines in it i yeah she didn't have time for it to go away if yeah. she started yeah, yeah. <laughs> 37 minutes in and the official laugh count one the mall chase scene was chucklesome for me and here's me screaming pb herman is the waiter holy shit paging mr herman oh you have a call at the front desk <laughs> ac is from arkansas so seeing that nazi scene must have gotten quasi tumescent you know, it made me feel a little bit like I was at a family reunion. No, my, my family are great people, but I, I do know people, um, unfortunately, from everywhere I've lived that 
listen to Ben Shapiro now. Uh, back to Christian's point. Yeah, yeah I didn't mean to uh, to you know stir to, up to a... make this all political, but oh, what? no, I mean, <laughs> take it. Get his license plate while he's standing you next to you in a river. Yes, sir, I'll get right onto it. That doesn't make sense, and they ended up getting his license plate while they all but, stood chest high in water. Okay, but it, but it worked. They yeah. found it. They had it. I guess they used Google and the uh, the Google cams the the, the 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 zoom in on the plate when they got home and you know did all that right. Yeah, that kind of screams of like somebody like a script supervisor being like, "Wait, we don't have a way for them to find the car again. Like, I'll just throw this line in. Just no. just put this line at the end, and you know, people will be fine with it." So far, the soundtrack is four times better than the film, just like Purple Rain was. What other movie soundtracks, for fellows, are better than the film? <laughs> Forrest Gump. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Good one. Uh, I wrote another one down here. I have to go leaf through here and find it. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I yeah. never saw that, but... Which I actually do like that movie, but I love the music. Um... Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I did write that down somewhere. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Okay. I'm enjoying uh, if you Metal Lords. Have you seen that on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's no. great. It's like a teen comedy about like two kids in a metal band who started started a metal band, and it's uh it's not a great movie, but it's pretty good. And if you if you're into metal, it's it's pretty good. Noted. I'll uh, add that to my my Schwerhouse watch. Uh, little to no character development here. That's for damn sure. No one's making any kind of strides or finding anything out in their journey, which you think they would during a road trip, because that's where everybody learns about themselves. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like AC when you were talking about how at the end, uh, you know, John Belushi sort of made whole and all that. Like, this is kind of where they they uh, they kind of got they kind of painted themselves into a corner by by having them be so stoic and uh, you know being deadpan the entire movie, you know intellectually you know that oh great it, they came out on top but there's it doesn't like resonate with you at all emotionally because personality wise they're no different at all well but everything that belushi says and does though throughout even though he doesn't emote at all is about wanting the band back together wanting to be with the boys he gives up everything if you look when they get offered the the record contract at the end he he makes good on the money he owes to Ray Charles. Mm -hmm. And then the rest goes to the band, which is a much bigger cut than the band would have been expecting anyway, much bigger pulls in the door. I did find myself going, how in the world are they going to get $5,000 out of this venue at $2 a seat? <laughs> I mean, you're, I just, you're doing I, the I, math. You're I did the... producer math in my head. You're, and... you're clearly not taking the drink, drink minimum into account. Yeah. <laughs> $300 worth of beer. Uh Oh, <laughs> that, that water would be 19 bucks. But no, I mean, but if you look at everything he does, it, it, he says it and he does it. You never see any change, any, any, you know, any emotion at all. But everything that he does throughout the entire film is driven to that end. So intellectually, you know it, but you do also see it very clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the Nazi commander is from that terrible movie, The Burbs. Did you catch that, too? I spent the whole movie trying to figure out who he was. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, a that guy for sure. Yeah. An hour and thirteen in, I pause and go, "Oh Jesus Christ, we have an hour left." This this demolishes my rule of comedies not being longer than one hundred minutes. We'll get to I, that in a minute. One hundred percent agree with you. Thank you. 
The lead singer from that shit kickers band is Murdoch from Rambo Part 2. Because I would have loved to hear him say, Elwood, I'm coming for you. <laughs> By the way, that bar screamed Porky's, not Wrigleyville. So you're exactly right. I, that bar, the chicken wire circuit, didn't fit the uh, the motif they're going for. If I hear uh, we're on a mission from God one more goddamn time, I'm going to throw a crystal skull vodka bottle at Dan Aykroyd's head when I see him. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> That's a smart joke. Ray Charles putting the sign upside down is the hardest I've laughed in this at this film. A cheap sight gag doesn't hurt anyone, but if this is the leader in the clubhouse so far, yeesh. Funny how Carrie Fisher was in four movies with stormtroopers, and in this film, she shoots like one. <laughs> Another smart joke. This film is a collection <laughs> of musical numbers, assassination attempts, and vehicular tomfoolery. The three biggest components to this film's budget, Belushi's cocaine habit, Aykroyd's Chicago dialect coach, and 936 crash cars. I'm sure you guys did the same thing. I counted at least two different locations where they filmed The Dark Knight and two different for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Did you know that was a restaurant they used for Ferris Bueller Gabe, when he went to lunch? Gabe Froman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I did not. Huh. I found that in my research, but yes. The uh, middle of the square where they had the parade in Ferris Bueller's I mean, that well. doesn't really that doesn't really speak to the variety of great dining establishments uh, in Chicago <laughs> if uh, they literally had to use the same one. <laughs> I saw this in my 20s for the first time and I was bored as bored as all hell. I rewatched it for this episode and my opinion has changed somewhat. I am not calling this a comedy at all. I'm calling this a musical. If you want to, go ahead. If you want to call it a drama, I'm fine with that as well. This is a drama slash musical with comedic elements, but I will be goddamned if you stand here firmly and try and call this a comedy for me. Because as I said before, it breaks my aforementioned rule of no comedy should ever exceed 100 minutes. Get in, have jokes, little lag time in between jokes, get out. This film is two hours and 12 minutes. Nope. I hate musicals, but for some reason I did not hate this. What I did hate, the pacing. There is a huge lag in time of jokes. You can't call it a comedy if I'm looking at my watch waiting to laugh. Make a gun, Ace Ventura, Caddyshack, you fill in the rest. Those jokes are... Yeah, you know, I just want to jump in. I 100% sure. agree with you. I think the movie would play so much better if they managed to just pull 20 minutes of dead air out of the movie. There's so many, like, even when, like, Carrie Fisher is shooting them in the alleyway. I mean, I get that the overkill is part of the point, but they must have five, you know, coverage shots of her just sort of shooting that gun for five seconds apiece. It's just like, if you just pulled all that out, I feel like the movie would move so much so much more briskly. But, and I, I, I mean, that that's fair. You could have shaved a lot off the intro. The, the long walk through the prison there there yeah. are a lot of opportunities to to pull that together and make it shorter agree yeah, like every scene i bet you could pull i bet every shot you could pull one second out and it would all still play logically and move move night more nicely ironically you said that because the guy who did there will be blood said if you shade five seconds out of every scene there will be there will be blood it'd be a lot to more tolerable of a film so ironically said that both twice in an hour and a half well, i know come on comedy is subjective but holy shit if you think this is a top tier comedy i want you to list your 10 funniest moments of this film and if you can't do it it's not a comedy how about that this and film, i 100 agree Thank I'm you. not I'm not going to argue that it's a comedy or that it's not. But but, you know, talking about uh, uh, Naked Gun, mm -hmm. 
that the 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 mall scene from this isn't that that much different than the mall scene or the the driving inside scene from Naked Gun. How many other how many movies that we consider comedy that we're starting to list off have borrowed from this have stolen from this have been inspired by this and i answer you with this ac what was the first vcr out there it was the betamax and it was a piece of shit but then what happened the vhs came out and then the dvd and then the blu-ray you could not be more wrong about beta beta was actually a i'm teasing it was more efficient i know it was a better quality picture but you get but but why but why was vhs adopted and beta wasn't better marketing porn beta would not allow porn Mm. producers to use beta but they would allow them to use it for VHS. Because they, they knew the puns that would be used. <laughs> uh, as I said, this drags on. And there is a... Where is the origin story? There's not even a sliver of an origin story of them being in a band. And I need to know, why are these two Nimrods wearing the same Adjustment Bureau uniform 24-7? Why are they choosing to wear this wardrobe? How do they get this way? Mother Superior never got that deep except for, hey, they were assholes at kids. And Carrie Fisher's big reveal of us trying to kill these guys throughout the film is she was left at the goddamn altar. She's a jilted bride who gets access to military-grade weapons, but she can't track down one fat guy as a down-and-out blues singer? Cut that shit. I legit LOL'd five-ish times. This movie is smirkable, and the third act is just meh. The music is fantastic. There's no arguing about that. Cameos are nice, but again, for me, that's like putting your fingers and toes into a sinking ship with 53 holes into it. You can only do so much for so long before it sinks. The nonsense with the Nazis did nothing for me. Too much that doesn't happen. Nazis haven't been this lighthearted since... The three Indiana Jones films, the producers, and of course, American History X. But I'll never watch this film again. It gloriously fails the remote test for me. Christian, the remote test, if at any point you stumble upon it, you're watching on cable or wherever, and you catch it at whatever junction of the film, do you drop the remote and continue to watch for the next hour, half hour, whatever it is left? No, I do not. And I'm sure, no, you do not. I don't despise. Yeah, exactly. I don't despise it like I thought I was going to. But this is a concert film, if anything. But this is not a comedy. Don't call this a comedy. And don't call me daughter. Too bad they don't have as many solid jokes in this film as they had crashed cars. Five out of ten. I feel like I heard a gavel come down. <laughs> I did. That, that sounded like a ruling. I, well, listen, it's my <laughs> podcast. I'll do what the fuck I want to do. A law order. <laughs> Cha-chung. Cha-chung. Let's see what the blowhard assholes have to say about this. Critics, five star five reviews. Star reviews. As spectacular as the chase see, as the chases are, Blues Brothers works because of Ackroyd and Belushi, who play off each other with nearly flawless timing and sustain it throughout the movie's two hours and ten minutes. Okay, I I don't know what how to respond to that. It, like, you can say that, sure. But to me, you've decided that, and now you're, you've convinced yourself of that opinion, but it's really not evident when you watch the movie at all. <laughs> but- this is Stockholm Syndrome seeping out of every pore of this guy's body, or girl's body. Mm-hmm. The Blues Brothers keeps our attention with, with its general humor, musical expertise, and the myriad of comic details with which Landis fills every scene. No. No. <laughs> sea airplane, yeah. 
It's yeah. I I mean th- that's the yeah. It's such a flabby movie. There's so many spots where there could be jokes that there just aren't. I mean that that's the thing watching it that I was so agog at. It's just like there's so. It's not. It's it's a fine premise. Like it totally can work, you know. But in even the scenes as the way they're structured, I mean, it's a little loosey goosey, and it's not the most well plotted movie in the world. But it's all there. But then there's just there'll be forty five seconds where literally nothing funny happens, and I just don't understand that at all. Over the years, dozens of movies have been filmed in Chicago, but to this day, with the possible exception of The Untouchables, none of them have presented the city in a manner as iconic as this one. I guess no one remembers how memorable Judgment Night was. Ah, there you go. Another film where the soundtrack was better than the movie. How about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I think that's a pretty good job of encapsulating Chicago. It does. Thank you. Certainly that montage. Yeah. Sure. The, the Blues and Shout montage. And, oh, yeah. and you, you got a Cubs game in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Blues Brothers is filled with ridiculousness, hilarity, and terrific moments. The antics of the brothers should be made for an instant cult following. Yeah, the KKK, maybe, huh? Yeah. Was that written by Donna Dixon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the way, try rewatching Spies Like Us. That is a blue whale abortion of a film. It fucking stinks. I, I really loved, I thought Dr. Detroit was great. I never saw I, that. Was, oh, when, it's, uh, and I saw about 20 minutes of it again, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, this is, this is really not a very good yeah. movie at all. But the whole idea when you're, when you're whatever, nine years old and somebody's a pimp, that's just hilarious too. Critics, one star reviews. The film is a monument to car wreckage with a tip of the hat to rhythm and blues. If you've seen the preview, you've seen the movie. Elsewhere, flat characterization and flimsy plot subplots. Whoever dreamed up those Nazis numb the brain and add up an expense of spirit in a waste of time, talent, and money. They did know this was an SNL film, though, right? Right. <laughs> okay. The, I mean, you, I, I would hope. The Blues Brothers are a popular novelty and definitely have a tongue-in-cheek apparel appeal excuse me but this film does nothing with the characters except to portray them as a couple of one-sided and unlikable hoods oh. grifters that's something we didn't really explore but okay hoods wow bloated over long too many car crashes too little humor a big disappointment i didn't write that did you christian <laughs> no i mean i, I felt it i are sure you, did. I did not are you it. sure that's not something my mother wrote about me Oh, <laughs> wow. Or your ex-wife. hey <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. Did the Blues Brothers introduce millions of white Americans to the African-American form of the blues? Factually, it'd be tough to dispute. Over 40 years later, is it at all regrettable that a band fronted by two white comedians had to serve as a catalyst for the blues crossing over into the larger cultural conservation? Sorry, conversation? I read that wrong. Have they not heard of rock and roll? Right. <laughs> Wait, and can you read that first sentence again of that of that one? Did the Blues Brothers introduce millions of white Americans to the African American art form of the blues? Okay, all right. I thought I thought you said African African American version of the blues, which was oh. making me laugh. I was like yeah. <laughs> No, okay, art form. Okay, yeah. it's just poorly phrased. Known yes. as the blues. Okay, I get it. These are Amazon five star reviews, not yes. Oxford, you know, uh, prose writing. This winners. is not the criterion. Uh, the criterion collection. collection. Yeah, no. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's performance as the mystery woman made me blow beer out of my nose because I laughed so hard. In the middle of watching it last night, the spouse said, it's a musical. 
I think the spouse summed it up perfectly, and that spouse should reconsider that spouse, other spouse, if this person is snotting beer from laughing this hard in such a pedestrian comedy, quote unquote, in this editor, editor's viewpoint. <laughs> I had to show this one to my 18-year-old son. He enjoyed it, and he said that it had the most gratuitous destruction of cars that he had seen in a while. He really didn't get it, in quotes, though there isn't much for getting in quotes. He was blown away by the sheer multitude of musical luminaries that appeared throughout the film. James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, etc. It is a rollicking good time. See it. Guys, I can't believe... He was not blown away. He, no. was, he was humoring his dad. Right. He's like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. Because his dad would be like, hey, you know, you know that's, that's Ray Charles. And I'm sure he's like, oh, cool, dad. Yeah. He wanted to borrow the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely shocked that I'm going to agree with a millennial, but here I am. There are seven good golden rules of cinema, and this film breaks all of them. Don't give a fat guy the lead. What about Melissa McCarthy? Uh, don't devote ninety percent. Don't don't devote ninety percent of the budget to the car chase. Musicals after nineteen sixty don't work. Adaptations from television make bad movies. Don't have more than two or three guest stars. Misogyny isn't funny. Nazis aren't funny. Come on, bullshit. Nazis are funny. We all yeah, laugh when the Nazis drink for the wrong reason. I don't think one of those is yeah. is a written, something I could buy into. Right. right. <laughs> we all laugh when the Nazis drank from the wrong grail in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Cut that bullshit out. Maybe the misogyny thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and raised in Chicago. I really relocated to Maine due to my husband's job. Watching this movie made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Maine is a horrible place to live. I'll be I'll be moving back to Sweet Home Chicago this year. Just wait till January and it's negative 12. And you have to watch your quarterback for the Bears go out there and choke it up for 17 games. <laughs> Why am I blanking on his name? AC, bail me out. Justin Fields. Your Ohio State buddy. I'll take your word for it. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. I just watched this for the first time and I couldn't even finish it. The humor has not aged it well at all. Just like Courtney Cox, right, guys? Hey. Was that aging or was it just plastic surgery didn't fit very well with it? She was so fucking hot. And then she got this bad surgery and she looks like a melted candle. And you pause it in in, in its transformation. Damn it, Courtney Cox. Why did you do that? I, you love car chases. I cut and paste, Christian. I, you love car (laughs) chases. It is okay. If you want an interesting story and well-developed plot, do not bother great the only good part of this movie is when they sang the rest of them was just being chased by cops that is the majority of the movie sure i mean yeah it's a factual statement last one unless you like the blues as covered by manic amateurs in an unending snl sketch avoid this too stoogified let's put on a show time waster at any moment at any moment i expected a samurai shouting cheeseburger cheeseburger to run on stage while brandishing a plastic sword a, st- a seat squirmer of a movie wouldn't watch it again for money. Fans remember de, gu- de gustubus non est despondentium, thus butandum. Signed, Lorne Michaels. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know what well, why, why did, and or if that was even the right pronunciation or it's not i, I never I thought, took latin so i'm not i, I thought you might be having a seizure for a second um but like <laughs> like why did that person even turn on the movie and and why did they get all the, like i mean if 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 you're that smart and you can can do your reviews in latin it's probably not the right film for you 
Yeah, and it's usually people who would who would use that to me are the kind of people who usually love this movie. So I find that very. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make myself look smart in an Amazon one star review. Let me Google <laughs> something in Latin and copy and paste it. E pluribus unum. Ha! See? <laughs> now I'm a member of Menza. AC Rowe, did Christian Finnegan gut the sacred cow? I think Christian made really good points. And I, I agree with a lot of those points, but it doesn't really change the fact. I, I do think it's a good movie. I think it's worth, maybe you, you watch it in settings like I did. I would agree that the definition of comedy here being used for Blues Brothers is a little generous. Uh, <laughs> but But musicals can be funny. Um, I like the fact that they made a movie with their buddies and spent a bunch of the studio's money to do what they wanted to do. Um, Christian didn't change my mind about the movie, but his arguments were great. Christian, you didn't change my mind about the movie. The movie changed my mind about the movie. It was terrible from jump, <laughs> but I sure enjoyed your insights to it nonetheless. Thank you so much I, for coming I, I would on. say, at very least, I wounded the sacred cow. I would say, listen, I think you sneezed into its its open mouth and gave it a vicious case of monkeypox. Topical well, reference. Love it. it. But if you guys feel that strongly about it, is it really a sacred cow? Yes, because people def – did you see all the – there was way more, more – way more, what do you mean he's going against Blues Brothers in the Twitter discussions? And people love this film. They were defending – I always talk to friends and, and family. I go, what's coming on the podcast? And I'll say a few films. This one of the bat the most recent batch, people go, what? Really? So that's, yeah, that's why I think I people it. have this idea that they love this movie that isn't based on having watched it anytime recently. That's my suspicion. They I say this. want to wear trilbies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the word trilby was until I saw Ocean's 13. She goes, the man wearing a trilby. Ellen Barkin. Wow. I, I didn't know until Christian said it today. Yeah. So, it may not be a trilby. I don't know exactly know what kind of hat it is. It's it's a fedora like well, something well, in the greater fedora world. But I, I didn't know a trilby was even a hat. So you're 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 your hat smarter than I am. Well, I'm I'm primarily an educator. <laughs> I, I appreciate <laughs> <anything>. education. <laughs> Christian, tell everybody what you're up to, where we can find you, and what you're working on. All that good stuff. Sure, uh, I can be found on ye old Twitter at uh, at Christ Finnegan. That's where I do most of my social media mediaizing. Uh, pretty much, I'm on everything at, at Christ Finnegan is my handle on everything. Um, I have a, a newsletter that I've been working on for the last few months called New Music for Olds, where I, I recommend new music to people who don't have time to look for it anymore because it's uh, just not their thing. Uh, that's uh, newmusicforolds.substack.com. And uh, my latest comedy special uh, called Show Your Work is currently streaming uh, on Amazon. It's on YouTube and Apple TV as well, but it's free if you have Amazon Prime. Prime Sweet. AC Row, what are you working on? Uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram at actually instead of mine, it's probably better to find my dogs, which is sponsor the Wonder Dog. Uh, I got a new <laughs> puppy. He is awesome. And he's what makes me happiest right now. I actually... I uh, just finished shooting uh, Proof of Concept for a pretty big network. I'm not going to say who they are, but we, uh, we're getting notes over the next couple of days as to whether or not we're going to series. Uh, I'll let you know as soon as, as we know about that. And you can find me on Twitter at AmNotKevinBacon. <laughs> Christian, did you get like the, uh, the Bible thumper is DMing you going, how dare you assume the Lord's name is a Twitter handle? Oh, yeah, all the time. Well, I get a lot of people who follow me just because they've clearly just been searching the word Christian and just, just follow anybody with the word Christian. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be sorely disappointed <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not a bot, which you probably are. So has Kirk Cameron offered you enough money to change that yet? 
No, nah, I mean, you know, we we don't we don't see each other that often. Um, but uh, but you know, someday I'm wait, I'm waiting for the offer to roll in. Well, next time you go to the Growing Pains uh, Expo, you can stand in line for an autograph. He'll uh, he'll approach you yet again. KevinGoatee.com for dates and shenanigans. Fantasy football jibber-jabber is coming back in the metaverse. That's right, in the joke comedy room. You can watch me give fantasy football advice as well as NFL betting. Comics Watching Comics will also be back there as well. Of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. And again, please leave us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review. Christian, it's been a, a joy. I do think he's got the sacred cow. He does not, but that's cool. That's why we have different opinions and we enjoy each other's time and company on this podcast. AC, thank you again, my friend, for hanging out. I always enjoy hanging out with you, no matter the platform it is. Everyone, thank you so much for giving us an hour or plus of your time every week. And we'll see you soon. Avita Zen. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.